Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rookie Live podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode number 33. Okay, so we've had a few episodes that are about mental health, but I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest today because we're going to talk more about trauma specifically and hypnotherapy which is something that I've personally never explored, but after speaking with today's guest, like it's something that I'm not ruling out as an option for mental health because it's so important. And I just believe that having so many resources in our toolbox can make us just that much better at living our best lives. So I'm really excited about today's episode. But if you're new to The Rookie Life, welcome. Let me tell you about the other fun things we talk about here on the podcast. We focus on what it means to start something new, even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that'll keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a Ricky. Come on, Rickies. We all have to start somewhere. Okay, so do you know those quizzes, you know, where you can take one to see what kind of friend's character would you be? Are you a Rachel? Are you a Monica? Maybe you're a Phoebe? You know what I'm talking about, like those silly quizzes that you take and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to share that I'm a Rachel or whatever the case may be, right? You know those silly personality quizzes I'm talking about. Well, I'm excited because I created one for rookies because I thought, you know, it would be pretty cool to see what kind of rookie you are. So I want you to go check out this new quiz. It's at crystalprofit.com slash rookie quiz. And I want you to see what kind of rookie you are. It's just something super fun that I created because, like I said, I love taking these quizzes and I thought, well... Maybe the Rookie Life Podcast, like, I think y'all are going to enjoy it too. So again, that's crystalprofit.com slash rookie quiz. Hey, rookies, and welcome back to episode number 33. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know a couple of things. The first is that I wanted to remind you that we always provide the show notes for each episode. So if you're interested in learning more about any of our guests, then visit crystalprofit.com slash podcast. That's Crystal with a K, Profit with two F's and two T's, to see the show notes for this week's episode. You'll also find social media links for our guests, and you can continue to follow their journeys. The next thing I wanted to remind you is to be sure and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. There are some fun things coming up around the corner, and I can't wait to share them with you. And while you're at it, please rate and review the show on iTunes, We just did another giveaway, and y'all, these are just so much fun. We're going to keep choosing random reviewers to receive some really cool Rookie Life merchandise. You can leave a star rating between one and five stars, but here's what you have to do to be considered for one of the drawings. You have to leave a comment on either what you think of the show or tell other people what your favorite episode is, or you can tell me topics that you want to hear us talk about here on the podcast but you have to leave a comment to be considered for one of the drawings. I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get some really cool stuff because 
who knows what the prize is going to be next time. Okay, now that we've gotten all the business side of things out of the way, let's go back into talking about mental health trauma and hypnotherapy. Okay, Rookie Podcast listeners, I'm so excited for my guest today, Janine Wirth, and she's joining us from Germany. So welcome to the show, Janine. Hi, thank you for having me. So um, I already kind of let everybody know um, who you are and a little bit about your practice and what you do in the mental health space um, from your bio, but if you can just go ahead and give us a short introduction or a, you know, a snapshot of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. So I'm a licensed psychotherapist, clinical hypnotherapist, and life coach. And I decided to specialize in the field of trauma and PTSD because it's really deeply connected to my own story. And I decided that I wanted to work with female entrepreneurs because I noticed within my practice um, that a lot of women, especially entrepreneurs, were being held back by unresolved trauma and was holding them back in their businesses and they didn't even make the connection. Oh, wow. That just you hit me right in the heart there. I'm like, oh, she's talking to me. She's not even talking to anybody else but me. Like, yes, trauma. I totally get it. I totally understand. So, um, so I'm just, oh, there's so many directions I could take this right now. But um, I want to know, I guess, what was your initial um, initial reason why you decided to go into um, mental health in the first place? It was just something, um, like you mentioned, something in your personal life, or did you know from a young age that you wanted to help others in this way? Like, kind of go into that part of your story. Okay. So I had a mother who experienced trauma and didn't get to resolve her issues. So that really affected my childhood and upbringing. And then at the age of 18, I survived a carjacking, kidnapping, and attempted rape at gunpoint. Wow. Wow. And it was on the day that I got my driver's license. Oh, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) So I'd actually uh, gone out that evening with a friend to celebrate the fact that I had gotten my driver's license. And at that time, I was living in South Africa. And they have quite a high crime rate, unfortunately. And during this episode, um, when he held, because there were two of them, and when the very aggressive one held the gun to my head and told me, take your clothes off, it's as if in that moment, something inside me just snapped. You know, everyone talks about that fight, flight, or freeze moment. And my default setting I found out on that day is fight. Because after reaching that point of finally getting to the stage in my life where I can now sort of be in control and start making my own decisions, something like that happens, you know. And I just looked at him and I said you're going to have to shoot me first. Wow. I mean, he had a gun. So, (laughs) and at that point, I mean, obviously 18 years old, I wasn't married, had no children, had no responsibilities, had never studied psychology or anything like that. But for me, 
I knew that I wasn't just going to give up. You know, I think that's something that a traumatic childhood teaches you. It's resilience. And in that moment, I just thought, well, if he's going to shoot me anyway, I might as well not be raped and shot, you know. Wow. And you could see on his face, he just wasn't expecting that. He was like shocked and he looked at his accomplice and he didn't know what to do. And um, they eventually left. He he didn't rape me. I could then tell them, you know, talk them out of it, basically. And um, they had a big poli- uh, shootout with the police. So the guns were real. It was loaded. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> at one stage I thought, you know, maybe this is just fake or maybe they're just bluffing. It wasn't. They had a shootout and everything. And I got my car back. It was damaged, but I got it back. And about a week later... I was sat in my car in a parking lot and a friend of mine who hadn't heard what had happened to me had actually snuck up to my car and hit his hand on my driver window. Oh my gosh. And in that moment, it felt like I wanted to jump out of my skin. You know, my heart started racing. I just could, I felt this fear and all of this emotion just sort of exploding. And I realized in that moment that I I had to go and get help because at only 18 years old, I didn't want to now live in fear or not be able to have this independent life that I've always dreamed of having. So I went to go see a clinical psychologist and back then, I mean, this was like years ago, uh, we just did talk therapy in that. And he said to me that he believes my traumatic childhood had actually saved me. Because he said, if I hadn't reacted in that way and had been begging and crying and doing whatever they wanted, he said, then they would have just gone to their usual script. But Mm -hmm. that forced them to stop and think, uh, okay, what now? You know? So at that time, I did a lot of research on PTSD and trauma and all of that. And I became very interested in it. But I was already working and I didn't have the opportunity to go and study psychology then. So I eventually landed in a career of corporate sales. And the funny thing is, after I studied psychology, It was very interesting for me to see the link between the job that I had chosen then and trauma. Because when you have a traumatic childhood, you are basically taught that you can only rely on yourself. Mm -hmm. And what is sales? Right. (laughs) Where you are literally relying on yourself. Right. I found that connection very interesting and when I then had the opportunity to, after my children were a bit older and whatever, to go and study, I knew I wanted to study psychology, I knew I wanted to work in trauma and as I was studying and I started my practice, I started seeing all these subtle connections of how unresolved trauma is actually connected to basically everything that we do. And um, then I, I thought, yes, I've, I've definitely chosen the right field for me. 
you know, because if I take the example of my, my own mother, had she received the help back then in the 70s, how different would her life had been? How different would my life had been? Because it affects your personal relationships, the way you parent, the way you run your business, the way you interact with your clients, even how visible you are within your own business. And as I started working with these women, I every time that I made one of those connections, I thought, aha, uh-huh, there again, it goes back to trauma. That's so interesting because I'm sitting here thinking of, um, and I've done, um, I've done therapy before. So if anybody, like if you're listening and you're saying, oh, well, you know, nothing super traumatic in my life has ever happened. I don't know if I need therapy. Well, it's, it's not just for traumatic things. It's, you know, anxiety, depression. Like if you're a mom, oh my gosh, you need to just go talk to a therapist and say, Hey, um, this is where I feel like I'm failing because I know all of you mamas out there, you have felt this at some point in your life. And it's so good to have um, to have someone like you who knows the ins and outs of having a childhood like that, of having like just the experience that you do is very unique. So I want to go back to, um, you know, you said you were in corporate sales. That is interesting because the people that I know that have studied um, psychology, like it's like, you know, they pick the path. And they stay that way, and then they're they just keep going. And um, I love the fact that you have just this corporate experience that isn't like the typical. You know, I don't know many psychologists, so we'll you know say, oh, you know, I did this for a while, but now I do. You know, so you have this kind of inside scoop on uh, the people that you're serving. So that's really interesting. So I want to know, I guess. What made you decide to take that leap from having a corporate sales position to, you know what, this is what I want to do instead? Sure. So um, I live in Germany now and I was working for a really huge international company, uh, first in corporate sales. And then I got a promotion into corporate account management. And it was getting to the point where I was traveling all over Germany doing television interviews, the whole thing. And I noticed something very interesting. The more successful I was getting, the more money I was earning, the more recognition I was getting, the unhappier I was becoming. Mm. And one of my best friends uh, got cancer. And when I was visiting him in the hospital, and he was one of those people that even though he was quite a bit older than me, he had this amazing social life and he was just such a people's person. And he would like plan events six months in advance because he was so busy socially in that. And I was visiting him in hospital and he said to me, make sure that you're extremely happy with what you're doing because I thought that I would have more time. Wow. And that really hit me. Because when I looked at what I was doing and what I really wanted to do, the two weren't connecting at all. And uh, he passed away, unfortunately. And that was a big wake-up call for me because I thought, well, it's now or never. And there's this thing, it sounds very morbid, but there's this thing called uh, the gravestone test where they say 
if you had to pass away now, what would it say on your gravestone? And I hadn't started fulfilling my purpose yet. So, yes, she traveled, she was good in sales. Uh, who wants that on their gravestone, right. you know? So um, I spoke to my husband and he, luckily I have a very supportive husband and he said to me, I just want you to be happy. So if you feel that that is your calling, then I want you to do it. So I did. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, I think having daughters, especially I have a son as well, but especially for my daughters, it was very important for me that they see that being happy is a priority and that even if you started doing something and you realize that's not your purpose, you can change. You don't just have to accept that, you know, and when my own daughter because um, I helped some of her friends and she said to me I'm so glad that you can do that imagine if you hadn't and you had just carried on with that career and you wouldn't be making the difference that you are now so that meant a lot to me so for me it was very important especially for my daughters to see that just because you started a career, it doesn't mean that you can't change your mind if you feel that you're not living your life purpose. Because for me, that's more important. You know, the work that I do now, it's work. I see it as my life's work, where before I was just in a job. Although I enjoyed it and there were times when I was really awesome at it, for me, I didn't have that personal fulfillment and it definitely wasn't going to leave a legacy where now the work that I'm doing is changing lives. And that's the joy that I get from it is seeing my clients have those transformations. That's awesome. So if there's someone listening and they're saying, well, I don't know if I could benefit from um, from doing this kind of therapy or if this is really for me, I guess what would be the the questions or the situational things that would say, okay, you know, you might want to consider talking to someone that could help you if you're stuck. Like, is that kind of what you would look for? Kind of speak to that. Well, I always say that the first step in a healing journey, because to me it is a journey, is admitting what happened to you. And then from there, looking at your life, taking stock and seeing what is the life you want and how is it now? Because that need for transformation or that wanting that transformation is where the life that you want is has a higher priority to you than your circumstances. So looking at especially entrepreneurs, if you have this fear that you don't want to be seen, that you don't want to do Facebook lives as an example, or you have this feeling that you are constantly sabotaging yourself, 
or you have issues with procrastination or disordered eating. In my practice, all of those issues I've been able to link back to trauma. And what I've noticed is that a lot of people don't really understand trauma. They think that it's either, you know, some massive car accident or you have to be assaulted or raped or something like that. And those are definite traumatic events. However, trauma is also what didn't happen. So especially in childhood, if you have parents that weren't available to you as a child emotionally or that were abusive or didn't provide that safe space for you because for children their home is supposed to be the one place where they feel safe and unconditional love but if that isn't the case that has significant consequences that is trauma so a lot of people don't factor that in and what i've also noticed is because i have a an online support group for women and often women will come in there and once i get to know them and speak to them they'll say well i wasn't sure if i should join because it's not as bad as or but I wasn't raped, it was just, and they sort of start playing this comparison game, and it's as if their trauma isn't even good enough. Mm. Yeah, ooh, ooh, that's good, ooh, that's good right there, yeah. You know, and it's sort of because we've been raised in that you, you always need to compare, and that that sense of not being good enough extends even to their traumatic experiences. So I found that very interesting, you know, as if they're afraid to claim their space in the world. Wow, that's that's so powerful and it's so true. Um, I mean, I have, we all have our own personal journeys that we go on and to just, I mean, what you just said just speaks volumes to, um, as women, you know, I'm sure men have their own, you know, stuff that they deal with, but as women, we just understand that. And I bet you just really like, Oh, like some people are just kind of cringing right now. Like, yep, she's exactly right. Like, you know, I didn't think mine's not as bad as so-and-so and as women, we connect and we share and like, you know, if something bad happens to you, most of the time your friend, you know, they may not share everything, but they'll tell you about it. And then you think, oh, well, I'm lucky because this hasn't happened to me or because of this. But you're so right in claiming that this is what happened and now let's move past it. And that's what you do. And that's just such a, what a beautiful life's purpose. Like that's Thank amazing you. that you do this work. So I want to hear more about the actual um the steps that you take, so you mentioned hypnotherapy a few times, and that's very interesting to me. So can you talk more about how that works? And is that something that you can only do with someone face-to-face that you're, you know, sitting in an actual space, like a room with? Or can you do that in an online presence? Or how does that work? Okay, so the hypnotherapy that I use is called rapid transformational therapy. And it's not normal um, hypnotherapy where 
say for instance if you want someone to stop smoking you give them suggestions you don't like smoking it makes you feel ill it's not that kind of hypnotherapy this is regression hypnotherapy combined with NLP neuro-linguistic programming and parts of traditional therapy so you're having all of the benefits of traditional therapy but instead of talking about an issue for years because there you're using the logical mind and basically it's a lot of guesswork with this regression hypnotherapy we are actually speaking directly to the subconscious mind now the subconscious mind you can imagine as a huge vault and in there it stores all of your life events memories everything is in there and what happens is I will then put the person in hypnosis and regress them back to the root cause, that actual event that triggered the trauma. Now, sometimes people say, well, I'm scared to be re-traumatized, but you don't get re-traumatized. That's what's so great about the system. So if, for example, someone said to me uh, that they were viciously attacked by a dog, and I regress them back to that, they're not feeling any pain in that moment. It's as if they're watching a movie and telling me what happened. And I'm collecting all the facts, all the information to find out if that was now the root cause. And then I look for a pattern in the client's life that establishes this belief and imprints on them. So especially with issues where a feeling is triggered that they're not good enough. There will be other episodes in their life where that will sort of be proven to them and they then take that on. So even in situations where people have been assaulted or raped or anything like that, bones heal, bruises heal. Your physical body heals. You've physically survived that event. But it's the emotions that your subconscious mind has locked onto that event that keeps you captive. And every time that same emotion, whether it's fear, not being good enough, that what you want is not available to you, whenever those feelings are triggered, you will then experience that trauma again because the the part of the mind that processes trauma can't tell time so it doesn't know did it happen 10 minutes ago or 10 years ago so the way that i do it because i have a global practice is that i use zoom so it's like skype you can see them but it's a lot more stable and I use that to help my clients because a lot of my clients are international. And after their session, the session takes about two hours. After that, we analyze it together. And the following day, they will get a bespoke hypnosis recording from me because I have no idea what's going to come up in their session. And what I find really amazing is Sometimes they'll say to me, well, I believe it's linked to this and this event. And then in hypnosis, that event doesn't come up at all. And then the subconscious mind says, you know what? 
that had nothing to do with it. It's really this reason. And that's why the results are so fast and it's such a great method because we're not guessing. The subconscious mind is telling us exactly where it started and exactly which event triggered that feeling over and over again. So most issues can be dealt with in one to three sessions, which is two to six hours. Which if you compare that to traditional therapy, which sometimes carries on for five years, that's an amazing thing, especially for women that want results very quickly, that don't have thousands to invest in therapy or don't want to spend years talking and talking and it might not even lead them to the root cause. Well, and I love the fact that, you know, you're, like you said, you're doing this, you know, over Skype where you can be comfortable in your own environment, whether that's you're curled up on your own couch, hanging out, or you're sitting at your desk or whatever the case may be, like you're in your own environment and, um, yeah, two to six hours is nothing compared to a lifetime of not living your purpose, you know, like not living out like the desires that you have in your heart. And that's one of my biggest things is, you know, um, encouraging people, you know, the rookie life. It's like, hey, you know, you're we're all just we're on a journey. We're all on a journey. Some of us are in different spaces than others and some people you know are maybe better at some things than other but that's why I love the idea of the female entrepreneurs because we get it like everything that you just said like we get it if someone says you know they don't feel good enough like I get it like yeah oh my gosh I've had those feelings on a daily basis sometimes (laughs) you know whether it's my you know my work my marriage my parenting whatever it is you know being a daughter being a sister being a friend you know it's it's all there, but it's all related to the human connection that we all have. So, oh, I'm just, I'm so happy to have spoken with you today. Like, this has just been so awesome. Um, but I wanted to ask you, um, and Janine, actually, she was so awesome because she's been on um, a few other podcasts, and she had some ideas and some questions, and one of them that she had is just so good. So I want to ask that one now, and it's, what is your best tip? For someone struggling to start their own journey? This is something that I've thought about a lot because it's something that people actually ask me quite often. And for me, it starts with the person actually accepting that they're not okay. Because you can't change what you don't admit. If, if they don't admit that they need help, then nobody will be able to help them. So for me, it starts there with the assessment and admitting, okay, actually, I do need help. And then from there, getting support. Now, I know that there are a lot of groups out there, especially on platforms like Facebook. And... I did a lot of research on these groups before I started my online support group because what I noticed is either those groups are for men and women and open, so anybody on the internet can read whatever you've written there, or it's really negative, or it's all fake fantasy life, you know. So 
that led me to decide, well, there's this need for a safe space for women that want a private environment with other like-minded women that know what they've, they've gone through, where there's no judgment, where you can come and be real. You know, when you're having an awful day, you can just be real. It's not like, oh, everything's so perfect and so great and so wonderful. And people can go there. They can ask questions. It's really supportive it's like a big sisterhood of all these warrior women and with me being a clinician when someone needs more than moral support I'm there because moral support is wonderful but when someone is experiencing PTSD symptoms or they starting to get anxiety and panic attacks or they starting to present with borderline personality disorder or things like that moral support can only take you so far that's where you, you need a trained professional to step in and say listen we we actually need to take this further so i offer all the women in their free consultation calls so that when it gets to the point where they really feel that they have something urgent there is a trained professional on hand that's awesome I love, I just, I love the idea of just helping women. Like there's no, there's no limit. You're not in this box. You're not in this, you know, small, I didn't even ask is where you are in Germany. Are you in a small town? Are you in a city? Like, like, I mean, what is your local atmosphere like? I actually live in, I wouldn't say rural town, but compared to I'm a city girl, so for me, it feels like a rural village, although it has about 30,000 people. Oh, wow. But, but the reason I decided to have a virtual practice is because I was getting requests from women, like in Canada, Sweden, Norway, the UK, everywhere, that specifically wanted to work with me. And because I do it virtually over video, they're getting all of the effects of face-to-face, -face, but they don't have to take time off work. Because I work with women and a lot of moms, and because of the time difference, I can often help them at night where they don't need a babysitter, the kids are at home in bed, they don't need to take time off work, they are in a safe environment. It just fits so well, and it's exactly the kind of support that I want to give my clients. That's so awesome because you're totally speaking to our audience, like working mamas, busy mamas, like people I could just imagine like, you know, hanging out in my jammies and be like, okay, Janine, like, let's do this. Let's get down to business. Like, and that's, that is very comforting to have. And I love your voice. I love your voice. Oh, you have thank your, you. <laughs> it's very soft. It's very soothing, but I love, I love you have a little bit of an accent. I'm sure my accent's awful compared to <laughs> my accent, my strong Texas twang, but I just, I'm so grateful for everything that you've shared today. And I actually have some questions that we ask every guest on the Rookie Life podcast. So, um, and don't worry, they're not they're not too crazy. We're not going to go <laughs> too deep today, but they are some things that we like to know. And the first one is, what motivates you on days when everything is super tough? Like you've spilled coffee on yourself, you're running late, and it's just madness. Like what what keeps you going? 
for me, it's the fact that I know I am transforming women's lives. For me, I know that regardless of how my day goes, if I show up and do my job to the best of my ability, that woman that I'm working with will experience this amazing transformation. So, and I was actually speaking to my husband about this the other day. And he was talking about a bad day at work. And I said to him, do you know what? That's one of the biggest perks that I have now. A bad day at work does not exist for me. Mm, that's awesome. And how many people get to say that? Right. You know, for me, the worst thing that could happen is maybe if I experience technical issues or there's some new digital marketing thing that you need to learn to stay on top of everything or that but at the end of the day I go to bed every day knowing that I made a difference and for me nothing tops that that's awesome oh that's such a good outlook I love the positivity like that's just it's so awesome like I love that you get to say that too because like you said it's it's a rarity. Like, unfortunately, that's not what everyone experiences. And I'm so happy that you found this thing that makes you just so fulfilled. And we all need people just like you to help us out when we're struggling. Because like you've mentioned before, it's like, you know, you got to just admit when you need help. And I love that now we have someone that we can say, hey, let's let's go talk to Janine. Let's go, you know, shoot her a message and see how she can help. But, um, okay, so my next question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? I'm a recovering perfectionist. And uh, I used to struggle with this a lot because I was taught as a child that love is not unconditional. It's based on performance. So for me, that was a major issue. You know, and as I got older, I used to push myself to the point of exhaustion, absolute sort of just before burnout kind of thing, where when I would go on holiday or vacation, my body would just like basically shut down. I would so often get ill. Because it was a chance for my body to just finally try and catch up kind of thing. And um, now the way that I see it is that perfectionism is linked to control. Because when the whole point of trying to be perfect, what is perfect anyway? Your idea of perfect is completely different to my idea of perfect, maybe, which might be completely different to the next person's idea. But we're putting all of this pressure on ourselves to show up and be superhuman, where in reality, we're just afraid of letting go and being human and maybe making a mistake here and there. So now I try to live with this premise that done is better than perfect. And I think that's very important when you're an entrepreneur because 
you could sit there working on a sales page or writing the perfect post, but are you being real? Are you going to be connecting with your ideal client? Because your ideal client isn't looking for this perfect, nobody can touch them wonder woman. They're looking for somebody real that can show up and show them how to do something or to solve their problem. They're not looking for this amazing person that never makes a mistake. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind because it's a trap that people can fall into so easily. And we get so hard on ourselves to be this perfect version. And then I just remind myself, real is better than perfect. Oh, you're just like, yes. I'm just like raising my hands like, yes. Like everything you just said is 100% accurate on my beliefs, like my personal beliefs, not just in my business and everything, but just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm applauding Janine, just applauding you. Thank you so much for saying that because it's something I think we need to be reminded of all the time. I don't think we can say that enough, that done is better than perfect and being real is way more important than being popular or being, you know, seen in a way that we want to be seen. So thank, oh, thank you so much for saying that. But I have, oh, go ahead. What I noticed, because often in my uh, support group, I'll get this little feeling of this is a message. I need to hop on now and I need to share this message. And then that perfectionist voice in the beginning would jump and say, well, you haven't got makeup on. Your hair is not done. Uh, You know, maybe you should rather wait until tomorrow and, you know. And I've actually noticed that those spontaneous impromptu videos where I just pop on to share the message that I feel called to share in that moment, those posts and those videos have way more interaction and comments than this styled, okay, now I'm perfect, now I'll deliver my message kind of things. That's awesome. I just, I couldn't agree more. I have, I mean, I've had the same reaction whenever I'm, I'm super sweaty from the gym and I'm just like, Hey guys, that sucked. It was hard, but I did it. Like, let's move on with our day. And people are like, yes, like that's awesome. But it's real, you know, and it's not this perfect, oh, just, it, it makes it seem more attainable too. It's not this like impossible thing that people are out there achieving and doing things that someone else can't do. It's like, no, like here, I'm just a mom. I've got three kids and I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but I keep showing up every day. Exactly. I'm going forward. Progress over perfection. A hundred percent. And you have to stay relatable, you know. For sure. Well, I have my last question of our keeping it real questions and it's, If you could go back and tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to her? It gets better. That's awesome. Because, I mean, there have been times, I mean, especially after my um, 
hijacking and kidnapping, there were times where I really felt, you know, what is the point of all of this? Why? Why bother? You know, is there even meaning to all of this? And the answer is yes, and it does get better. And also, you're not alone. We always have this feeling that nobody knows or understands what we're going through, but it simply isn't true. Well, that's awesome. And that is a great note to end on that we are not alone. We are in this together. And now we have Janine to reach out to whenever we are just not feeling good enough or not, you know, just need help in some area of our entrepreneurial journey. So Janine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. But before we go, I want uh, you to let everybody know where we can find you, uh, your website, Facebook, any of the social media. Just tell us all the places we can find you. Sure. So on Facebook, my business page is called Janine Worth Path to Healing Therapy and Coaching. The support group is called Freedom from Trauma and PTSD. And my website is www.janineworth.com spelled w-i-r-t-h dot com i love that that's your last name too because i think of worth as in the other you know (laughs) w-o-r-t-h like you knowing your worth so that's great that's my little aside on that but thank you so much janine for coming on the show today thank you so much for inviting me i've had a fantastic time y'all what did you think about janine's story right like it was just So not what I expected. And when we were done chatting, I just remember thinking, oh, I just still have so many questions because she's a fighter. Like she's a warrior. And I love the fact that she takes her own personal experiences and the fact that she can overcome such trauma and she applies that knowledge to other women and she helps them honestly I I don't even think it's so much about the patient as much as her showing resilience you know like you can go through something so tough and then use that hard thing in your life to impact and empower other women and so I just I love Janine's interview and her story and she was just so amazing so be sure that like just go check out her Facebook group and her website and I just am so happy and so grateful that our paths crossed and that I was able to interview her and I hope you know I didn't butcher too many names and too many things y'all know I have this awful terrible accent that is I'm so proud of I say awful I'm so proud of it but um it's just funny whenever you're interviewing someone that's international And I kept thinking, oh no, like she's just going to think I sound like an idiot. But at the end of the day, she knows, she knows the awesome things that we're trying to do here at The Rookie Life. And I just feel so blessed that she came on the podcast with us. But that does it for episode number 33. So go check out those show notes, subscribe to the show, and be sure and leave a review. Stay tuned for next week's show. And remember, Keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere.